0: Warning cute fuzzy animals sometimes taste good and that's quite a conundrum what do, hmm so what do you do about
1: that Well I also I also find vegetables pretty cute Do you? Yeah like no. celery it's like ah
0: I don't have that reaction because for me, cuteness, it's about like, you know, big eyes, big head compared to body size. Like like mm. celery just doesn't, have, like if maybe if there's some googly eyes on the celery and like a little, uh, like they put some pants on it or a little dress or something, I would think that was pretty cute.
1: <laughs> is that what you, is that what you find cute in animals is the little, the little dress?
0: <laughs> no, but just something to make them more, but like it could be fake furry legs too. I don't know. It doesn't have to be clothes. Furry legs? (laughs) On on celery? (laughs) (laughs) Just something to make it look more like an animal. Like a stalk of celery
1: that just has furry legs on (laughs) it. Well, and the googly eyes. It's got to have the googly eyes on the face. Well, that's just like your paternal instincts alienating you from your barbaric meat-eating nature. It's just a way of other animals trying to trick humans into not eating them oh yeah saying like oh yeah it's it's like it's like a baby you should take care of it oh i thought it was mother nature
0: like just giving you a pro tip like hey babies don't usually taste the best if you're gonna eat an animal eat a full grown animal
1: yeah wait till its eyes are nice and small yeah (laughs) in comparison to its
0: body and like it's just you'll get a lot more meat yeah um (laughs) so thanks mother nature so yeah, welcome, uh, welcome everyone back <laughs> welcome to the, to the <laughs> uh, Seriously
1: Wrong Podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Aaron, that's Sean, and here's the theme song. I am wrong. You are wrong. We are wrong. I am wrong.
1: Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by the Soothing Sounds of the Slaughterhouse Nighttime Relaxation Mixtape. I know for myself, after a long day of eating my delicious bacon for breakfast, chicken sandwich for lunch, and my two-course steak dinner at the end of the day, I like to relax and sleep with the Soothing Sounds of the Slaughterhouse. No, I, I suffer from insomnia and I often have a hard time relaxing uh, at the end of the day when I want to sleep. But I found actually since I've invested in this, this five CD set, The Sounds of the Slaughterhouse, it's just I fall asleep in a wink because I'm reminded of all of the animals that were killed for, for my food and also precisely the sound they made uh, when they were killed. So thank you, Sounds of the Slaughterhouse Nighttime Relaxation Mixtape. You've cured my insomnia. Proud sponsor of the Seriously Wrong Podcast. Um, so Aaron, when I first came over here, your house smelled really, really good. It, it smelled <laughs> like bacon. Like it smelled like a, not just some bacon, but like a lot of bacon.
0: It was uh, three pieces of bacon. Only three. I mean, only three, Yeah. I mean, it smelled like a big pile. <laughs> well, I did I did call it a pile. And it was it was piled in a bowl uh as I was eating it. I also had more bacon earlier. Today. <laughs> I had a I had a breakfast sandwich at Tim Hortons and so that had bacon in it also. But then it was later, it was some lunch. I was like, what do I have that's easy to make? through some bacon.
1: So like you were in your fridge and you were moving your hand across all the different options, you're like, hmm yeah, that's not tortured enough. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure if that really suffered. Ooh, bacon. Perfect. Like, what's the
0: smartest animal that I have in the fridge right now? <laughs> the pig, definitely. Which,
1: yeah, which animal has the most human-like features that you'd, like, really bond with if you kind of, like, that spend has, some like, time the,
0: with. the intelligence of, like, a, a three- to four- or five-year-old child or something like that. Um, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I'm also not a vegetarian. Or a vegan. Or a vegan, no. I'm, I'm omnivorous. Mm-hmm. And like I went through periods of time where I leaned really heavily in the direction of like vegetarianism, never really vegan. I think I've always had cheese and eggs in my diet, mm-hmm. even at my most vegetarian. But there's a bit of a cognitive dissonance because I do I'm pretty compelled by a lot of the arguments for minimizing the amount of meat in your diet or eliminating like, I admire people's commitment to being full vegans. I, I mean, I think that's a commendable thing to do. Like, for example, with Jeremy Corbyn, knowing that he's a vegetarian makes me like him more as a political figure. Right. Um, but whereas
0: knowing Hitler's a vegetarian has no effect.
1: Well, maybe a little more. It's just... Uh, he's you <laughs> he's know, like minus yeah, like, it's, on a it's scale it's of... not enough. It's <laughs> not enough to win him back in my eyes. <laughs> Right. But I'd say it's a, it's a notch in like a good, in the right. good it, column. A, right.
0: Yeah, I agree. I had a period of time where I was like, I was shooting for a vegan and I was doing it most of the time and I didn't eat any meat, I think for six months and I had some minor cheese cheating going on. Maybe some eggs, but I don't even think that, I think it was mostly pizza, having cheese on pizza primarily was compelled by the uh, health arguments at the time that was the reason that i i went vegan and i was kind of just like learning how to eat food at that point in my life i was like 24 and still uh, recovering, uh, recovering, picky eater. recovering picky eater. Yeah. So I was like, I got washed up in the veganism one for a while, but then like the pendulum swung so far in the other direction that I was like hating and trolling vegans for quite a while. And now I just kind of mellowed out.
1: I can remember, <laughs> I think the, probably the first Facebook argument I got into on your wall, I was taking your side against some uh, militant snarky vegans. But yeah, I think like the, I mean the arguments they're they're pretty convincing, especially if you watch slaughterhouse videos that you know people have filmed. Um, it's it's pretty barbaric stuff. Like it's pretty horrifying, yeah. and the emotional narrative is pretty strong there. Again, like, like I really despise cruelty. And uh, cruelty to animals, I think, is still a f- still cruelty. I don't have <laughs> indifference to their suffering. I, yeah, I do yeah, care yeah. about the, that. W- is it Jeremy Bentham? It's a quote vegans love.
0: Uh, 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 the question is not fuck. I don't even know the quote. The question is not something. The question is, do they suffer? I don't. Know, I forget what the something is. But the the point is that like animal suffering is uh, suffering, and it's something we should care about. And I think that's something that.
1: I hope everyone can agree on the quote is the question is not can they reason nor can they talk but can they suffer yeah in terms of like animal
0: rights if I'm not mistaken he was like the one of the fathers of the idea that animals should have some rights in society which I'm in favor of but going quickly back to the health arguments like something that I think everyone can agree on and that every diet you'll ever find everywhere all agrees on is that vegetables are good for you, and that eating lots of vegetables is fine.
1: Like, like just as
0: much as you want. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no. You never meet anyone who gets serious health problems because they ate too many vegetables. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, tons of vegetables. We can all agree on. I guess you, like you can eat a vegan diet that's really shit, like just potato chips and and fries. And there's there's vegan junk food out the ass that you can eat, but generally people who become vegan for health reasons are focusing on how healthy vegetables are, where you get into questions is like, is saturated fat terrible for you? Should you have none of it? Should you have some of it? Should you eat a little bit of meat? Does the quality of the meat matter? Does it matter if it was from a factory farm or like uh, eating what it's supposed to eat? Um, I'm thinking cattle that graze versus feedlot cattle chickens that are eating corn versus are, um, eating bugs and grubs and stuff outside. There's, there's all those arguments about the meat is only healthy when the animals are in their optimal health. And in order to do that, they can't be in these factory farming situations where they're all closed in and not just being tortured, but also like spreading disease around and it's filthy and there's poop everywhere. And like, cramped into tiny poopy
1: cages. Yeah, screaming
0: with no beaks. Yeah, being kicked by desensitized uh workers who have come to see them as like
1: mechanical like <laughs> non-beings that that don't suffer. Also the um the environmental impacts of raising cattle and stuff. I was reading there was a study out of the UK about like the environmental impact of different people's diets and uh, people who were meat eaters, their um, the environmental impact of their diet was like two and a half times as much carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Um, this is damn cow farts. Mm-hmm. That's methane, not carbon.
0: But methane is a more potent greenhouse gas than carbon by quite a bit. I, I want to say like 20 times or something. But it's a much more potent greenhouse gas. It does decompose out of the atmosphere faster. So it's a less long lasting gas. Grass fed beef there's debate about whether or not it's better because when cows are only eating grass, I guess they actually produce more methane, but people who are really into, uh, I don't know what you call like this kind of um, like rotational, I'm wanting to say the word holistic or something. I'm I'm completely missing what this is called, but the basic idea is that um, if you're using the cattle to sequester carbon in the ground by building up soil, And some of the people who are really into this idea have measured the amount of carbon that they've sequestered on their farms by creating this rich topsoil uh, that gets depleted when you're doing like monocropping or large-scale farming or standard uh, feedlot farming. This type of land management where you use cow poop and, and other animals to build topsoil secures carbon under the ground. And they say that it more than offsets the amount of methane that the cows release. But the the catch is that this takes a lot more land to grow the amount of cows. So if you wanted to do this for all the cows that everyone in America, for example, was eating, people in America would have to eat much less meat than they currently do. to For it all to be this sort of carbon neutral, uh, like sequestering enough to offset the methane version of cattle farming. Welcome to Wrong Boys Evidence Time. This is the part of the show where we just uh, throw a bunch of numbers at you, stats, information.
1: In the factory farming system, any animal that is not profitable to be kept alive is invariably exterminated. Chickens,
0: turkeys, pigs, and cows are collectively the largest producer of methane in the United States. Methane is a 20 times more powerful at trapping heat in the Earth's atmosphere than carbon dioxide, and the meat, dairy, and egg industries produce 65% of the world's nitrous oxide emissions, which is 300 times more powerful at trapping heat than carbon dioxide.
1: Every single year. 200 million male chicks are killed in American hatcheries, by suffocation, or being ground up alive.
0: To produce one pound of animal protein versus one pound of soy protein, it takes 12 times as much land, 13 times as much fossil fuels, and 15 times as much water.
1: Most turkeys and egg-laying hens have their sensitive beaks amputated with a hot machine blade that cuts through bone, cartilage, and soft tissue, which is extremely painful. Nearly
0: half of all water used in the United States goes to raising animals. It takes over 2,400 gallons of water to produce just one pound of meat versus one pound of wheat, which takes just 25 gallons.
1: At the slaughterhouse, cows are stunned by having a long retractable bolt shot into their brains before their throats are slit.
0: Now, correlation isn't necessarily causation, but people who eat processed meat, have a 21% higher chance of cardiovascular disease, a 16% higher chance of cancer, and an increased mortality risk overall of 20%.
1: Milk cows are forcibly impregnated every three months to continually produce milk. When their calf is born, they're allowed to lick their new children clean, but they're separated within the first few hours of being together. Both animals cry out for each other, and the calf will cry for its mother for hours. In one study, 81%
0: of turkeys, 69% of pork, 55% of beef, and 39% of chickens were found to be contaminated with either Salmonella or Campylobacter. The fuck is that? Campylobacter bacteria. Salmonella and Campylobacter bacteria (laughs) cause millions of cases of food poisoning per year in America.
1: Milk cow calves are penned in wire isolation cages where they're held for about the first two months of their lives. Around 14 months, the calf is forcibly impregnated. Like its mother, if it fails to produce milk, it is exterminated because it's unprofitable.
0: 29.9 million pounds of antibiotics were sold in 2011 to the meat and poultry production industries. Compare that to 7.7 million pounds that were sold for
1: human use. It's extremely common for milk cows' udders to become inflamed or infected. Mastitis is an excruciatingly painful bacterial infection of the udder that affects a high percentage of cows. It's hard to treat mastitis and the bacteria from it ends up in the milk we drink. If the mastitis gets too bad, the cow is exterminated for being unprofitable. In
0: 2011, 296 million cows, 1,383,000 pigs, 430 million goats, 517 million sheep, 654 million turkeys, 2,817 million ducks, and 58,110,000 chickens were slaughtered by humans.
1: All farms, small or big. Organic or non-organic, local or far away, will kill any animal that is unprofitable to be kept alive. Man, I can't stand those, like, self-righteous vegans who are like, yeah, oh, everyone's gotta be vegan. It's like, hello, have you ever tried bacon? (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. It's like try it. It's really, really good. Yeah, but it's just
0: like nobody cares that what you eat. Nobody wants to hear about it all the time. Nobody like yeah, just like, keeps it. If you to want to yourself. do that, sure, but yeah. yeah quite done but what
1: by the way what do you think about my new bacon t-shirt oh it's awesome bacon it says i eat bacon and it's got a big picture of a man holding two fistfuls of bacon smiling he's wearing his own bacon
0: shirt you want you want to know a secret sure uh, if you lean in close and just scratch the bacon in his hand a little bit scratch it, and sniff scratch and sniff it smells like oh bacon. my
1: god i love bacon
0: that's such a good shirt where'd you get that uh, oh, it's this website. I'll send you the link. You know I'm a bacon maniac, so that's right up my alley. There's these two vegans at my work, and they get so mad every day. I come in, you know, I come in with my lunch bag, and of course mm. the whole room smells like bacon. The, you know, the staff room. Because, crack it
1: open. Yeah. 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 Well, even mm.
0: when it's just in my locker, you know, it's uh, emanates I, the I bacon make, smell. I, I make powerful stuff, and I make a lot of it. They're complaining like, "Oh, it hurts me to have to smell your bacon." I'm just like.
1: Phew deal with it, you know? It's like, I smell your vegetables, (laughs) you nerd. Sissies. No, you don't need to pay me for making this room smell so good. I'll do that as just volunteer work. I'm never like, okay, now everyone pay up. Pay for that good smell I gave you, like that air freshener, free lunchtime air freshener at the lunchroom
0: yeah no and to be fair besides those two whiny vegans eh, most other people come up to me and say hey you know thanks you know i don't have the time or energy to eat bacon every day mm-hmm. i would, would if i could but you know this just getting the smell off you is uh a or, little yeah. taste of heaven they or, miss or me when i'm not them. there
1: yeah. yeah yeah you call into you call homesick they're like where's that great smell meanwhile you're at home yeah cooking up some bacon i'm like i gotta maintain the smell in my own house too you know well, well if you're sick you gotta heal somehow I know I need bacon to heal. I don't know about you. Yeah. Do you want to come to my house and eat some bacon? Or I I shouldn't call it my house. It's more of like my bacon palace. I've got bacon curtains. I've got bacon. My whole fridge is open it up full of bacon. Yeah. You even got the bacon shaped front door, which
0: I have to say is very snazzy. Yeah.
1: That slight, the little wiggle and like kind of cartoon bacon door. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm pretty serious about it. I'm pretty serious about bacon. It's like the best food and it's like so good yeah it's weird how it's so much better than all
0: other food like mm-hmm. it's just not even close and there's nothing like it and yeah where else can you get fat and salt you're so lucky though with that bacon palace my wife would never let me do that you know i sometimes she even sends me downstairs you know i got the bacon cave downstairs she, uh, i got one room of course ew. but like sometimes she doesn't even want
1: me co- cooking in the kitchen she sends me down to the bacon cave to cook uh, that's why i could never have a wife yeah the thing about vegans is like why do you have to stuff that down my throat you know
0: yeah i think they're just they're mentally deficient because they don't eat enough bacon they don't get yeah. enough like pork fat well yeah maybe we
1: should actually take pity on them yeah because obviously they've
0: tasted like tof tofurky bacon tofu bacon <laughs> or coconut bacon <laughs> no. So,
1: no i would never eat any of that this sounds disgusting i i've tried it and i i, I let a tear out for the people who think that that's bacon. I feel like maybe I do want to try that just to deepen my relationship with real bacon. It's like a taste, a taste of the posers and then boom, back to the real thing every meal.
0: Yeah, it's like you don't know you don't know how nice a Ferrari is until you've driven like an old beat-up Chrysler. Yeah. It's the same with bacon.
1: So um, recently here in, uh, in BC, about a week ago, um, a activist group called, uh, I think it was mercy for animals. Yeah. Mercy for animals released some footage of a, uh, chicken farm, uh, in Chilliwack in the Fraser Valley. This footage of just like pretty horrible, um, animal abuse going on chicken being swung around by their feet. Uh, thrown across the room, some the, ch- chickens whose like legs are ripped off.
0: Yeah, I you were watching it and I was kind of doing other things around the room and I, I didn't see most of it, but the part you showed me was the part where the guy held the chicken up to his crotch and was like pretending to hump yeah. it or was either pretending to hump it or was pretending that it was his penis and uh, it then was using it to hump someone else.
1: Yeah, it was both. So first... I think it was the same guy. Everyone's faces are blurred, but right. first he's holding the chicken up to his crotch and humping it. And then secondly, he's holding the chicken up to his crotch and kind of humping a coworker, like putting the chicken's face in his coworker's butt. Yeah.
0: And then the coworker leans in and says, I'll give that chicken a kiss. And then he's like, oh no, it smells like ass."
1: Yeah. So. Cause its face was in his ass a second before. Right, right, right. Um,
0: and that was, like, the least horrific part of the video from what you're describing. Like, still not not very nice, but...
1: So, yeah, these, the workers were hired to round up chickens for a slaughter pl- plant in Port Coquitlam that's owned by Lilydale, which is a subsidiary of Sophina Foods Incorporated. Uh, after this footage came out, you know, all of the corporate people involved have said this is bad. These people should be fired. Investigators with the BCSBCA are saying that if individuals involved are convicted of these crimes in the video, they could face a fine of up to $75,000, a five-year prison sentence potentially, and possibly be banned for life from owning or being around animals. So is that just the specific
0: workers that the lawsuit is against, or is it against the, the corporation that didn't have you know sufficient supervision in place to prevent this from happening
1: um i i think that's the individual so like the people doing this to the animals well it kind of makes you think like a slaughterhouse or farm environment where you're dealing with mass amounts of animal that are going to be turned into food very soon Mm -hmm. the type of person who's comfortable in that environment is probably going to have like a low empathy threshold for dealing with animal suffering because like even in the most compassionate version of moving a bunch of chicken around, carrying them by their feet, putting them in tiny cages, like eight or 10 of them in a small cage Mm -hmm. where they're all ass to ass, like someone who's comfortable doing that, I think it's probably statistically likely to be someone who holds it up to their crotch and pretends to hump it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean like, yeah, when you're doing it on an industrial scale and it's not like your farm and like your chickens that you hang out with every day and like, yeah. You, you do slaughter them at the end when, but that's not really the fun part. Uh, but like, um, people who are like, oh, this is just a, like a nine to five job for them. And like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll throw the chickens around. i like definitely. And I think actually doing the job will probably continue to desensitize you further yeah. as like the chickens aren't cooperating with your desire to put them in small, tiny things and you get mad at them. And, you know, like it's it seems like it would become a self-perpetuating cycle of uh, decreased empathy towards animals to be working in an environment like
1: that. Even in farms that are like more humane, still ultimately like you're grabbing a living, kicking animal, you know, putting it upside down in a metal thing and slitting its throat and watching it like bleed out and kick its feet until it's dead with like without any sort of anesthetic or comfort or like not it seems a little bit like if they were injecting it with like a sedative before they killed it and stuff yeah, like, but
0: then you'd get the sedative in you that's the problem
1: yeah well it, yeah so it's <laughs> uh in in michael Pollan's book
0: um famous book omnivore's dilemma he actually uh participates in the the slitting of the throat of a chicken And talks about the whole process of it and how kind of surreal and weird it is. And I guess they don't struggle that much. when you actually put them upside down in the cone. They're just kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And they kind of stop moving. Uh, And apparently doing it that way, slitting their throat and letting them bleed out is one of the fastest ways to kill a chicken. Like the most humane. I don't know. Death is never like, oh, that sounds... Peachy. It's uh, it's 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 ugly. Like no no matter what, the the actual killing of the animal part is ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, everything everything dies, <laughs> and animals that live outside and get eaten by other animals, that's probably a worse death than an animal that was raised on a farm where the people care about the experience of the animals and like it's pretty good up until those last few minutes where they cut your throat. Like in terms of a life and 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 what percentage of that life is suffering, those animals probably have it better than most other creatures on the planet. They got a pretty sweet setup for most of their life. And then like, yeah, you die at the end, but never well, in- dies at the end. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like maybe in the most ideal, like, I don't think the majority of the farms are that, um... No, 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 no. It's a very small minority. (laughs) Yeah. But I I mean, I think I take your point that in nature, the death that most animals submit to in the end is not evaluated for its humaneness in any sense. Yeah. But stuff like the mass killing of like useless infants like male chicks being Mm -hmm. all like ground up Mm -hmm. or the maternal deprivation thing of like mother animals being separated from their children constantly like to get that milk yeah that milk that we love (laughs) (laughs) like that's stuff even in your best case scenario farm like that stuff's pretty inhumane if you think of these Mm -hmm. animals as having uh consciousness and experience. I think
0: I've heard of one milk farmer uh, being interviewed on some podcast that I listened to that said that he didn't fully separate them. He let the, the kids have some of the mom's milk and took some of the mom's milk. But when you're talking about like economic viability and again, like scaling things up to industrial levels, like it's just not what happens and it wouldn't happen without like laws, lots of laws. (laughs) The the only way to prevent all of this horrific stuff is, is like really cracking down, um, on these practices legally because there's, there's no other way to stop. I mean, like maybe you can convince everyone to become a vegan. Um, and that's the way to end animal suffering. That's the way that a lot of vegans seem to think that you're going to end animal suffering. But um, I tend to disagree with that. I tend to think that most people aren't going to become vegans and some people probably shouldn't. Uh, so since I do think we should do our best to minimize animal suffering as much as possible, I think going after those laws is a, is a good way good way to go about it.
1: Yeah, rather than going after the individual Chilliwack chicken fuckers well, I mean, maybe go after them too in that yeah, specific yeah, yeah, sure, instance. Sure, sure, yeah. But like more, the edifice that gives rise to the chicken fuckers is uh, is something that needs to be challenged as well. And that's it's often a divide you see in politics. Uh, and like leftist politics when it comes to, say, like um, recycling or environmentalism, things like that, where you have kind of the atomized individualistic version where it's all it's on every individual to come to the right conclusions and make the right. Change choices. your light bulbs to the LEDs. Uh, yeah. yeah like the, or yeah. like a system change that makes it just functionally impossible to eat tortured meat. Yeah. Instead of saying like it's on you as a moral consumer to go to the grocery store and pay the extra five bucks for the less tortured meat or have non, just stop eating meat altogether because yeah. you understand it's morally wrong.
0: This, that was my journey. Like after veganism, I was like, I still agree with all these animal cruelty aspects. So I'm going to only eat the non-tortured meat. I found some really good sources in Vancouver of places you can actually like, Talk to people who talk to the farmers and like like get in on these these little shops and stuff and and find the community of people who care about this and they do exist and they exist in a lot of places around the world. But then you're out there and you at a restaurant and like oh man that looks. <laughs> that that dish with some meat in it looks really good and
1: there's just no way that they've uh, <laughs> taken the moral option as a restaurant. Yeah, to, no, uh, <laughs> no, you
0: would know they haven't because the ones that do put it up in lights <laughs> like we we grass fed meat or like non tortured animals, whatever. So yeah, I started slipping and then now I'm just buying whatever meat I happen to buy.
1: And well, um, for a lot of the tortured animal footage that you see like that that raises the understanding of what's going on in factory farms like there, I think was it Paul McCartney who said the yeah if if slaughterhouses had glass walls everyone would become a vegetarian yeah the reason we're aware of that level of torture and abuse of animals and like just the inhumane conditions is because of basically like vigilante, journalistic whistleblowing where people film what's going on and then release it to the public in one way or another. And there's actually kind of an organized effort from meat lobbyists and stuff like that to Make it illegal to do that. To put, you know, big fines in place. Right there is there is laws against that in America, right? Yeah, I think, in Canada, do you I, know they're called egg gag laws? Yeah, I believe they exist in a number of U.S. states, but they haven't been successful elsewhere. I don't think we have them in Canada.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean that that's like. That amount of, of that that coziness there between meat lobbyists or like factory farming lobbyists and and the government is what you're up against if you're seriously talking about reforming the meat system to be something less cruel. It's 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 an uphill battle. It's not easy because there's like meat gets a lot of subsidies. Uh, people love meat. It's not it's not going to be a popular electoral idea ever to say. We want to make your meat way more expensive so that the animals don't hurt so much. You can get inspire people's empathy like while they're watching Earthlings, but like three hours later when they're like twenty dollar bacon or eight dollar bacon. Mm, I don't know. I kind of forget what that video looks like by now. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> or it's
1: easy to suppress my rem- memories. Yeah. of what that video looks like. Today's episode of the Seriously Wrong podcast is brought to you by blinders to keep meat eaters intentionally in the dark about the extreme suffering that they're complicit in. Because as long as you don't actually see the brutal abuse of animals, you don't have to uh, think about it uh, when you're eating your bacon or your, your chicken or whatever other little tasty treats you want that are completely comprised, like molecularly, if you look at it under a microscope, tiny screaming animals, uh, entirely suffering dependent food items. Uh, I don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. And that's why today's episode is sponsored by blinders to remain intentionally in the dark about all of that horrifying stuff that you kind of know, but you just don't want to think about or look at directly. You know, they called us utopian dreamers. They really did, that we'd have full animal liberation by 2019, but here we are.
0: Yeah, and it's it's amazing how quickly humanity caught up and realized that you know humans aren't superior to animals animals can do anything humans can do we're basically the same basi- yeah we're, we're just all animals the distinction between animal and human there's horse persons there's human persons there's dog persons we're all just persons
1: and it all started when everyone chose to be vegan
0: yeah in late 2017 and just over a period of over a couple months it's kind of
1: you know i and remember the when the went viral
0: veganism went viral i and remember
1: thinking like wow well, my friends went vegan too like it wasn't just me like what what's happening and then all of a sudden, we just completely stopped genocidal factory farming, stopped the enslavement of farm animals, and let them all free, and uh, gave them full uh, full legal status, voting status.
0: Yeah, created a new amendment to the uh, Constitution, and club once for
1: Hillary, clopped twice for Trump. I was
0: asking uh, Fido the other day, my roommate, uh, what he thought about the upcoming election. Oh, and his-
1: is this the roommate you were telling me about? Yeah,
0: yeah. I uh, mean, more more horror stories. He, he was just, like, sitting there panting. And I'm like, hey, you know, what do you think about what's going on on the TV? And he throws up all over the carpet. And then, and like, I mean, you know, accidents happen. Well, I can't happen, happen to agree if
1: you're talking about the Trump-Hillary thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. True no, enough, that's really inconsiderate, like, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the bathroom's right there. Um, and even if you can't make it to the bathroom, okay, you threw up on the carpet. We all make accidents. Go get a reg and clean it up. And yeah. I'm just like, Fido, clean up. Come on. And it's not even listening to me.
1: It's like, hello, clean up your own vomit. So That's rough.
0: And, and then I'm sitting there cleaning it up, and he's just staring at me. He's just like... <laughs> Like, oh, you got nothing to say about this mess that I'm cleaning up for you is just... That's yeah. like,
1: I had this roommate once and he, uh, he would just leave pistachio shells everywhere. And uh-huh. I'd be like, Craig, the fucking pistachios again. It's, it's like, we've worst. already talked about this. And and he'd just be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll try, I'll right. try and to... He doing it. Yeah, he keeps doing it. Yeah. Like, for so long, it's like, fuck... Like at wake least he up. said
0: sorry. Fido doesn't even say sorry.
1: Well, at a certain point, it's like, what does sorry even mean when you don't yeah. change the behavior? It's like fucking craig pistachio shells again in here what are pistachio shells doing in my room what were you doing in here what the what are you it's like oh i was looking at your DVDs. it's like what the fuck craig pistachio shells and you're looking at my dvds when i'm not home like what the fuck anyways it's like i don't know it kind of reminds me of what you're talking about yeah
0: bad roommates you know it's like is the cuddling worth it paying all the rent, doing all the cleaning, buying all the food, like I basically completely take care of this person, uh, but I mean just... Just inconsiderate it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But it's so nice sitting next to him on the couch, you know, and like, I kind of just swallow the rest of it, you know, even though it's not fair.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like me and Craig, like, although he was really inconsiderate, he would, like wouldn't do the dishes and stuff, like, just always knowing that he was by my side, like a companion, yeah, and like you play video games together. know yeah. you guys used to love doing that. And taking him to the park and like watching him run around with other people, playing frisbee with him was a blast. And so I kind of put up with it, but at a certain yeah. point, it's like Craig, I have to stop paying your rent. I can't put food out for you. you oh have my to- God, watch out! There's a cop. That horse you're didn't bleeding, signal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, that horse didn't
0: signal. Keep pressure on the wound. What an inconsiderate driver. Hey, um could you uh could you call an ambulance, sir? Yeah, I, I would get my own cell phone out of my pocket, but I'm I'm trying to keep pressure on his wound and it looks like his muscles are weak and he can't do it for himself. He's not even looking at me. What's he chewing? Can you can you call the police? Can you ask someone else for help? Sir. Sir he just poop in the street. What a dick. I can't believe that. So there's this argument out there. I've seen it uh, attempted to be demonstrated with math, and I've seen attempts to debunk it with math, and I have no idea what's true. But this it's an interesting argument, and this is the basis of it, which is that uh, your average vegan is killing more animals per year with their diet than your average person who eats animals Grass-fed cows uh, as the, their their main dietary staple, and and um, organically grown vegetables, and avoid grains because the argument is that when you eat grains, you're eating these large monocrops, uh, grains and beans, soybeans, thing, anything that's a large monocrop that, that's that's. Um, harvested with a thresher uh, kills a certain amount of snakes, groundhogs, mice, rabbits. Things get caught up in that thresher and animals die to bring you grains and monocrops. So uh, if you eat beef every single day, you're maybe eating one or two cows a year, uh, but you are potentially, if you eat grains every single meal, killing hundreds of small animals uh, per year for your diet
1: that's a weird kind of like utilitarian argument of like reduce the amount of individual animals that are are yeah are being killed and suffering um like you you want to think you're so high and mighty not eating any cows but the reality is you're actually you're not eating them but you're causing the deaths and suffering of untold small animals that would otherwise be in this area grain is being produced uh but then also like th- like farm animals are fed soy they're like fed yeah the argument and only stuff.
0: works if you're talking about grass fed cows that don't eat any soy any corn anything like otherwise <laughs> you're just compounding it because the cows are eating grain which is the usual vegan counter argument to this argument you're you're eating the cows that eat the grain and also eating grain so you're still worse than me which is totally true for anyone who isn't a strict 100% grass fed beef eater Uh, This argument is bad for you if you're not that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of another kind of weird argument I ran into is like a lot of people have been shifting to eating chickens rather than red meat. I think over the last 10 years, uh, the production of beef has went down by some significant percent, like five or 10 or 15 percent, something like that. Yeah. Um, And uh, which they call switchitarianism. Some people call it that. I'm not sure if yeah. they want, I would want to be caught calling it that. But um, <laughs> uh, there's, the argument is made that since you're eating, since chickens are physically smaller, if you're eating the same amount of meat, you're causing more individual animals to suffer. Or you're causing more. Yeah, it's the same
0: sort of utilitarian number of animals argument. Like, yeah, torturing yeah.
1: one cow and eating every part of it is better than torturing 30 chickens yeah Yeah. a bunch of (laughs) a bunch of chickens and then eating them even though the chickens are technically healthier for you you're actually causing more pain and if you take that logic as valid then you the logical conclusion is breed or genetically engineer the largest animals possible like create giant super chickens yeah, I mean, they're already, like,
0: that's what they use steroids for and and growth hormones and things like that, which... Uh, to increase, you know, yeah, like the meat yield the me- per chicken. Yeah, but it has that side moral benefit of having to kill fewer chickens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although uh, there's the uh, health concerns and also the ethical concerns because often they're so big that their legs can't support them and like other terrifying <laughs> things that come about as well the,
1: you gotta scale the whole chicken up yeah, you can't yeah, just yeah, yeah, scale yeah. up the meat part you gotta actually grow a you get multi-story in there with, tall enormous like godzilla
0: chicken yeah get in there with the CRISPR gene editing and just really create something huge
1: yeah, and I think morally you should have to hunt these giant chickens with like spears or other rudimentary <laughs> weapons, like to live more in harmony I, with no, nature. I, I
0: agree with hunting, but I think you should still use a gun because it's like the clean, it, like if you shoot it in the head, more, it's the yeah. quickest death.
1: Yeah, you could. I mean, it, it's maybe more moral to just slit its throat and be done with it. But then I also feel this strong urge of like a traditionalism, uh, hunting it with spears um, and tracking it down like in a large... Uh, pasture, like a wild, wild game. I think that's more morally right in a different way.
0: One other weird argument quickly, quickly is this idea that I've seen on a few like very obscure blogs um, that we should not just end human caused animal suffering, but animal caused animal suffering that we should end all predation, all eating of any animal by any other animal um, some of these people think we'll let predators go extinct. Others think, like, once we have lab grown meat, we can, um, you know, feed the lions these lab grown zebras to eat or whatever and, and separate them physically from real zebras so they don't eat them anymore. Uh, it, it's an interesting logistical task to think of how you would actually prevent all animal suffering, create it so that all animals live to old age.
1: If you're allowing tigers to reproduce freely within a contained zone where there's none of their prey in but giving them enough lab-grown prey meat (laughs) to continue like you'd have to set limits to their growth of some kind like you couldn't just have them infinitely reproducing yeah um, in in a situation where they're taken care of and they all grow to old age i feel like if you're just feeding them slabs of um like lab grown zebra meat you're taking away some of the meaning of their lives in that like hunting for zebra has it's in itself like that's probably pretty close to the peak of a a lion or tiger's like system of meaning and significance when it comes to uh... <laughs> yeah
0: also just separating species from each other isn't going to end animal on animal violence like like bears will sometimes eat their uh, own children um or attack each other for territory like many animals will do this like like there's um no shortage of non-feeding animal on animal violence going on and we have to figure out how to also prevent all of that
1: in the event that a bear does attack another bear do you like punish him
0: Right, put him in jail for a bit so he learns what he did, or like uh, shoot him with a maybe. Maybe we can inject them all with some sort of like neural compound so that we can eliminate violence from them uh, in like a transhumanist, transanimalist way.
1: Yeah. So the the lions and the zebras are still together but the lions just know better than to yeah be zebra.
0: yeah they're either just reprogrammed or yeah they've had like a moral advance i guess
1: i do think i mean for all the absurdity of this like i think it is morally good to reduce animal suffering in the wild mm. like for example when like if in your house you have uh like a, some baby mice that are separated from their mother and like, you know, that their mother is dead somehow. It's been taken off by a hawk or something like putting, putting those baby mice out of their misery is kind of a moral good rather than letting them suffer. Uh, it's not where I
0: thought you were going with it. You know, you should raise them as your own and like be the mother for them. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, I can see that. Or if you have like a dog, uh, a really mean dog who's being really mean to one of your cats and like scratching at it and hurting it you probably want to prevent that like separate them or train your dog better or whatever um definitely some animal on animal violence um could be eliminated though part of me is just like no man cycle of life nature that's brutal out there that's, that's the real world man <laughs> you can't change that you're just messing with the with the god's design with nature yeah,
1: we should I need mean, the
0: dark for the light to be distinct.
1: We, we, should probably start with eliminating unnecessary animal suffering under the stewardship of humans. Yes,
0: yeah, um, that I'm on board with.
1: But I also I think there is some. Again, some validity to reducing suffering where you find it if you can. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of it more in terms of, you know, trying to push a bit in that
0: direction, uh, this eternal tension, yeah, I would, that's the direction I'd want to push it. Not in like making animals, not like dog fights or something, like making animals hurt each other more. Um, If we're going to have some effect, it should be in the lessening suffering direction.
1: Maybe in like 2000 years, if you listen. to... To us, make light of the idea of reducing wild animal suffering will seem like such barbaric, pro-violence, <laughs> pro-suffering morons who are totally out of touch with the new political and moral realities of the future.
0: Well, it's true. We will be. We are out of touch with the political realities of two thousand years from now.
1: I like to think we're pretty on point.
0: <laughs> that most of the episodes people listen to two thousand years from now, they'll be you like, guys
1: "Are way ahead of their time." Yeah,
0: it's like, this is like it was produced today. <laughs> This episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by just how much better you're going to feel than everyone else when you stop eating meat. Like, yeah, sure, it kind of sucks. Meat tastes good and it's everywhere and, like, you know, it's in most of the meals in most of the restaurants. But, like, uh, when you can just, like, give your best friend the stink eye across the table at the restaurant because you got the vegan option and they didn't. Oh, that just warm... Filling feeling of of righteous superiority is just there's there's nothing like it, and uh, that's what today's episode is brought to you by. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for meeting me. Oh, no problem. Yeah, no coffee
1: shop. I've missed you. It's it's been a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, it has been a while. We were so tight for a while there. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, spending lots of good bacon bacon times together, bacon bros. Yeah, and then you know, it was just like you. You dropped off the face of the earth.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. No, I haven't been going to any of the bacon meets um, mm. for seen a while. You, haven't seen you at Bacon Club. Haven't seen you
0: at uh, Bacon Fest. I haven't seen you at Rock the Bacon
1: Night at the at the Smokery downtown. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I don't even know how to say this. I, you know, we, well, the last time we talked, you said you tried uh, a, a vegetarian bacon.
0: Oh yeah, it was awful. It was. so... So gross, coconut bacon, soy bacon, tofu bacon.
1: Yeah, and I thought maybe I'll eat that. It will deepen my relationship with bacon. It will show me, and it did. It it, it did in a way. It did deepen my relationship with bacon uh, because I did have that um, the tofurky bacon, like you said, mm-hmm. fried it up the same way I always fry up my bacon. I tried it. Um, had a big pile of it. Big pile of bacon. I'm on the pile diet right now. It was. It was awful, right? It was just like. It you know, was pretty good. I wasn't sure if it, I wasn't sure if it was as good as you know regular bacon. Well, don't start pulling this shit when you come back
0: to Bacon Club or uh, when you come back to the, just, the Smokery.
1: I'm, I don't think you're gonna see me there because, well, oh, um, yeah. One thing led to another, and I'm a vegan. I'm a vegan. It's just it's just as good. Um, it's it's really just as good. I wait, mean my wait, palate has adjusted a bit. You're saying you're
0: all you're only a vegan? Like you're only eating? yes it's, it's morally right it's good for the environment i'm not uh, contributing foods.
1: to factory farming it's 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 um it's a lifestyle choice i decided to make I, mean, I was looking into the so evidence good, and,
0: right like bacon's well, so good
1: too bacon is 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 uh, all
0: i need uh oh you're oh this is a prank right like you've just been busy at work you're pulling a prank on me and we're gonna go eat some bacon after this some, I, some pork some real pig bacon uh, not, uh, not faking
1: i'm sorry i'm sorry man um i'm i'm vegan I took the bacon door down. Uh, I stopped using bacon air fresheners. It just started... I,
0: I thought you moved. I drove past your house and I was like, I didn't smell the wafting smell of bacon. I yeah. usually smelled in my car. And I looked at the, the door and the drapes. No bacon drapes, no bacon mm-hmm. door. I, th- I assumed that you moved. I thought maybe that was why you were so busy. Oh, I just
1: kind of realized I had to tone the whole fucking thing down a bit. Mm. But why? Because um, it was pathetic. It was pathetic. It was pathetic. I based my life around this, uh, this, it's stupid. It's not, oh, it's, man. It, I mean, it's just I just a,
0: got new bacon stripes on my car. I was so excited to show them to you, the new paint
1: job. I mean, that's, it's all good for you. I'm not, I don't want to be like a preachy vegan or whatever, but I just, for me in my life, when I looked at my life and where I was at, I was alone. Um, I was living in a bacon themed house. I was wearing, wearing bacon themed clothes but I mean, He's you're eating still bacon eat, for every meal. You're still
0: going to eat bacon sometimes, right? Like pork, bacon. No, well, no. Like no. you're vegan. I'm a vegan you know, now. But then I'm trying to take care of myself, to kind of turn
1: my life around with this. I was looking at it all and I was like, man, it, this is sad. It's a, it's a pathetic way to live. Mm-hmm. It's not, but I mean, bacon not even that bacon?
0: good. How are you going to heal without bacon when you're sick?
1: Medicine right but rest i mean, but and also like and
0: protein
1: where you going to get the no it's the a, it's a, it's pork a dil- fat the doctor actually said the amount of bacon i was eating was was giving me brain damage well we know that doctors are all part of the anti bacon conspiracy no like no said. i really think they're not and i think that's one of the mm. damaging thing about these groups mm. that i was in you know it's kind of you're, i think they're really <laughs> damaging
0: you you're joking me you're pulling my chain like i can't i can't I don't, I don't believe it. Th- this is a prank. Ashton Kutcher is going to jump out. It's going to be like, ah, oh, you got punked. And I'm going to be like, ah, oh, you got me. But you didn't get me. I'm telling you right now, you did not get me. I don't believe it for a second.
1: This is an elaborate scam. Yeah, you got me. I moved to a bigger bacon palace, bro. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Where are you living now? Where are you up? Uh, I'm up on 5th and uh, 5th and Chesterfield. I can't
0: believe you stayed away
1: from all the bacon <laughs> events for I've a whole been, month. I've just been really busy working on a major bacon project. Oh. Yeah. I've got a lot to tell you about this bacon project, bro. You got to come with me up to my bacon hut. We're going to get this. Man, when you said that
0: tofurkey bacon was just as good, I was like. Just pulling your leg, dude. <laughs> what do you think I'm bonkers you know I didn't believe it but for a second I I almost did I was scared
1: I'm not a vegan I have tasted bacon before (laughs) it's like hello it's so good oh that was fucking priceless you should have seen your face I think you were starting to cry were you starting to cry well I mean you know don't, don't you're crying
0: well i'm just happy i'm happy that it's that it's not true you know i thought for a second that maybe it was dude you're
1: you're crying like a a vegan bacon hug oh yeah vegan style hug oh a couple bacon bro's hugging
0: come on fuck off let's go eat some bacon shut the fuck up oh vegan
1: boy shut the fuck up let's go up to bacon palace i got a major project to show you about yeah i can't wait to see the new place I'm often like a, a criticism of vegetarians. I used to be more partial to that. I think is more, more bullshit now, which is like the idea that veganism or like advocacy for veganism is classist because it's like a privileged Western thing to be able to have, you vegan. have to be able to
0: go drink juice cleanses and have these healthy, like $14 salads and like, like walking around say New York city and finding a a vegan meal to eat out is almost always going to be more expensive than finding a a meal with meat in it, like for the same amount of calories or however you want to make a comparable analogy. Like the vegan options at restaurants are often more expensive, not always, but often Um, getting a salad, a side salad at McDonald's is like way more than getting fries. I guess those are both vegan technically, but, (laughs) but, um,
1: yeah, well, it, it's. I mean, I think there's systemic forces that push people towards meat eating. Like, put the example of McDonald's. Like, your cheapest option is probably going to be a burger. Yeah. Um, like, like a for a meal, double. But like the actual cost of preparing like nutritious vegan food, like for example, like rice and beans with a little vegetables on the side, you could probably get that cost like really low if you're making it in bulk, um, oh, yeah, especially. Yeah.
0: And if yeah, if you have time to cook and like a house to cook in and like all those things already, then yeah, yeah. Like making vegan meals for someone who's even just like working class isn't in complete poverty is definitely easy to do on the cheap. I've done it. And I had absolutely no money for those six months that I was vegan. I was living on credit cards and like just buying vegetables and like you said, buying some rice, beans, like making pots of stews and stuff like it's super cheap.
1: But then when you bring it into the realm of like restauranteering and how there's economic incentives placed towards bad food options, like I think that's where the argument has some validity Um, But then I also, I've got kind of mixed feelings because I feel like on one hand, the argument that it feels kind of classist to say this, but like restaurants are kind of a luxury. If you go to restaurants a lot, you're spending more money than you need to on food. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there's a strong part of me that thinks like everyone should go to restaurants all the time and it should be normal. It should just be way cheaper. The idea that eating vegan is inherently more
0: expensive than eating meat is definitely bullshit. But I think for like certain poor working class people, it's going to be much harder to eat vegan than it is to eat meat because meat options are available everywhere. And yeah, restaurants, like if you just need to eat something right now, buy a fucking bacon McDouble and some fries, it's like five bucks, six bucks. And it's a it's a decently filling meal. Like they, there is nothing like that vegan available.
1: Mm, maybe there should be. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure. Um, also, I kind of object to it like early in the framing of this discussion. You're talking about like poor people not being able to afford juice cleanses or fancy salads. And I think this is often done in discussions about veganism is like conflating this like dietary palate with a very specific type of like bougie, upper class elitist dietary palate posturing mm-hmm. or like the the political veganism as a upper middle class sign of like wokeness versus the actual just like dietary palate itself where i think the dietary palate itself is kind of class neutral but it gets very conflated with this cultural idea of like the snooty vegan it's like telling you what to eat and stuff like that and i just mm. i wonder to what degree that's really exaggerated and th- th- I mean, th- that's not to say that there isn't vegans who are like this because there definitely, definitely is. Mm-hmm. And even from a small amount of reading on the issue of veganism today, there was a couple articles I read that started like making me be like, meh, fuck you. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if we can just maybe end the episode on how annoying some vegans are and they don't represent all vegans, but god damn, just like... My number one pet peeve is comparisons to the Holocaust. Just basically saying like, oh, you think you care so much about the Holocaust, but there's like 10 holocausts happening every year uh, against animals and you don't even care about it. And it's like, well, I care, but I feel like I I definitely don't care as much about that as I would if it was happening to humans. And And I think that's right.
1: Jewish people aren't animals.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Or I mean, all people are animals, but... The The category of people is separate in important moral ways from the category of other animals. And I think when people try to collapse that distinction, it, it really angers me because I think we should care more about people than we should care about other animals.
1: Yeah. If we have to, if we have to do some like cause prioritization, that we should try to decrease human suffering before we decrease animal suffering. If we're forced to choose between those things. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've, I've like (laughs) one of my, one of my ways to, to poke at vegans when I was really like just up in arms against them was like, okay, you know, you're, you're walking past a burning house, you you hear screaming inside, you run inside, you see a baby laying on the ground, and you see a, a cute little dog. The, both of them are just, like, scared and whimpering, and you can't get them to move. Which one do you pick up and carry out of the house? Like, do you, is that a hard choice for you? Or is it an easy choice because the baby is just... the, the You care more about babies than dogs, as, as you should. Uh, and, you know... If they'll answer, they'll say it's the baby, but it's a fake choice because that'll never happen, which is true. It probably will never happen. I'm trying to demonstrate a principle here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But are humans more morally valuable? Maybe I can put this question to you because I know I have an answer to it, but I'm curious, like, why? If they both suffer, like, just because we're smarter, because we can write books and string words together and destroy the planet what makes humans so great
1: <laughs> well I mean human we we are fundamentally <laughs> different than other animals and that we're self-aware and that we have I think a role as like stewards of the planet either we accept that role or we don't but we're given the capacity to do that whereas like a pig is never going to have the capacity to either condemn or save the planet earth from disaster yeah Um, yeah. pigs are never going to have the chance to uh, prevent an asteroid from hitting the earth somehow humans might not even be able to do that either but it's it's on the the table yeah Um, and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't care about the suffering of animals i just think that we should care about the suffering of human beings and the suffering of animals in different ways caring about the suffering of humans it's like a sense of fraternity or brotherhood. Whereas with animals, it's more like a sense of stewardship. Uh, We just undeniably have kind of an authority over animals that we can exercise either for benevolent ends or for malicious ends.
0: Yeah. And Um, and it's an authority that just comes out of, as you said, capacity. Like we have the capacity if we wanted to, to round up millions of animals and put them into these concentration camps and, and murder them as we do, or we have the capacity to not do that. Uh, So like just just by virtue of how intelligent we are, how how much we can manipulate the environment around us, we're faced with a choice that other animals aren't faced with. and And it's those capacities that I think make us more morally salient than other animals. Also, one other quick point on that, because I've thought about these things way too much. We know that we're going to die and we generally want to accomplish things with our lives. We want to grow and learn and achieve and and there, there's this sense of when you're snubbing out a human life, you're, you're doing more than just causing them to suffer for a, a few moments or however long the suffering lasts. And you're doing more than just preventing them from future living. You're preventing them from an arc, the, the, the story of your life. Like most animals don't, they're, they're not like the Lion King where, you know, the dad dies and he goes out and, and tries to escape from all his problems, Hakuna Matata, and then realizes that he has responsibilities and he's got to come back and, uh, take the kingdom back from his evil uncle. Like, like most animals don't have that level of complexity in their life stories. And I think that that's worth something. And I think that most humans do have those stories. They have these, like you talk to anyone in their life story, they, they have these, these moments of growth and these moments of, uh, important, uh, character building and accomplishment. And then there's just so much more depth and, and richness to what humans are capable of. And I think, I think that's important.
1: Yeah. I find myself partially disagreeing with you just because at least with certain animals I think we don't fully understand the capacity of different animals like because of uh, technological innovations and communication innovations and stuff that we have like it's clear that our capacity is higher than them but I'm just I think what's giving me pause here is I mean we, we like we know for example that pigs are pretty intelligent animals Mm -hmm. but i just watched the other day a documentary about coco the sign language gorilla the gorilla they taught sign language yeah yeah. and i was really kind of like i've known about coco for decades like since i was a kid it's like this weird novelty thing but i never really thought about it philosophically like what it means that there's a gorilla still alive today that can talk to us and not only in like very broad ways, like I'm hungry or give me that or something. But she built her own grammatical structure to a certain degree to facilitate how gorillas don't have the fine motor skills to do signs in like a the same way humans do. And she can kind of tell more complex stories. Like there's an example of there was another sign language gorilla that was raised with Coco named Michael. He was a man of few words. Like he wouldn't, Coco was a lot more talkative. But when he was asked about his his mother and like what he remembered about his mother, like the the signs that he put together was like cry, sad, uh, smash, face, mouth, cut, neck, sad, cry, which is like was interpreted as a description of when baby gorillas are taken from the wild and put into captivity is often in the context of like their family members being slaughtered. So like this is decades after he watched his mother die. And he's able to describe in sign language the emotional experience of watching his mother be slaughtered. And like that just makes me think that maybe animals have a richer narrative life than we give them credit for.
0: I haven't seen those documentaries. I have seen there's there's this one specific documentary that you can watch called uh, "The Superior Human?" Question mark It's on YouTube, and it kind of goes through every single thing that people say humans do better than animals, and it points to different animals that can do those things in ways that are relatively surprising for most people. So that's just another point kind of against what I was saying. I still obviously believe what I was saying, but um, like I take your point that we probably underestimate animals. Like in the past, people did actually think that animals didn't suffer. I think that was a Descartes argument. Like they, they just didn't have consciousness, so they couldn't suffer. Um, mm-hmm. And that their facial expressions that looked like suffering was just sort of mechanical uh, autonomous non- uh, <laughs> reaction in order to make us stop hurting them, but like they have no souls because God only gave souls to us so they don't suffer, um, which is obviously uh, bullshit and people realize that today. So like, yeah, I take your point. There's definitely the possibility that I'm underestimating to what extent they do have an arc in their life and the potential for, for growth and moral maturity and things like that. I still think we probably have more of it, but we've also probably talked about this enough.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, in conclusion, what's the answer? Like, should everyone become vegan right now? Will that solve the problems?
0: No. And like, we didn't quite get into all this, but like, I think there's really strong arguments that some people don't do well on vegan diets. Like some women lose their periods and become infertile. Um, There's no culture in history that has been successfully vegan intergenerationally. And... I th- like maybe there that's just circumstantial but maybe there's a reason for that vegetarian definitely has existed and it's definitely possible um but vegan to is more it, if make he, it i'm, an I'm just not sure that people can live in optimal that's providing these that bad choices people to people is probably not like the political so right that we want to
1: follow like if we're talking about minimizing the cruelty to animals that type of thing we need more like systemic change which is kind of a political struggle that we need to figure out how to frame it in terms of like not in like a of shushing and finger wagging type of way that makes people defensive and angry and like doesn't work yeah yeah and it's just like
0: it's it's a hopeless endeavor to imagine that you're going to convince everyone to stop buying the meat that's right there on the grocery shelf and tastes really good and is often cheaper than other foods per calorie because of subsidies to the meat industry from the government like there's all those systemic factors that uh just like you're just you're just not going to win that battle. Battles that could possibly be won are going to be at the legislative level.
1: What about something like taking all subsidies to like meat, dairy, et cetera, and then just reappropriating them as like basic income? So Like you'll get your chunk of money that you can pay for the increased cost of meat. So it's all it's all neutral. It should hypothetically be neutral, right? Like mm-hmm. the amount that meat goes up in cost, you're given money that you could subsidize your meat buying but then when you're at the grocery store shelves you're actually reminded of the real cost of the stuff yeah, rather than
0: yeah i think i think uh, another alternative to that is to um shift the subsidies towards make them contingent upon certain levels of not being cruel um to animals any way you do that and cruelty free meat is always going to be more expensive than uh, or let's say cruelty light meat, because you can always argue that killing at all is cruel. Yeah, like
1: holding animals hostage, fattening them up, and then eventually killing them for food might be seen as inherently cruel.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like grass-fed cows aren't like necessarily fattened up. They just eat what they would normally eat, and then you kill them. Um, like ones that don't go to feedlots at all. Um, but anyway, quibbling. Um, it's going to be more expensive, and that cost should be reflected in what you see at the grocery store because I think that would affect people's choices and I do think most people eat more meat than they need to myself included
1: yeah on that subject on a on a personal level I think um the reducitarian diet the decreasing the amount of meat that you eat having like meat free days of the week and um avoiding just eating way too much way more meat than your body would need. Like any dietitian would say that your body needs or wants mm-hmm. yeah, uh, is something yeah. that's good to avoid on a personal level. Um, if you want to make that small drop in the bucket challenge to uh, entrenched systems of animal cruelty and exploitation, like by all means become vegan or vegetarian if you'd like to. But I think there is kind of a moral, there's a moral duty to attempt to eat less meat
0: or to like really try hard to do what I tried hard to do for six months and buy the meat that has the least amount of cruelty put into it. Um, that's another thing you could do if you have the money. If, I don't know. It's a hard topic. Animal suffering is sad.
1: Yeah. No. And it's really, I think it's it's something I don't spend a lot of time watching videos of animal cruelty as much as I have in preparing for this, but I think it is kind of a sobering, thing that people should the put most, a little energy into. The most it.
0: videos of animal suffering I've seen recently have been at the bus stop outside the Broadway City Hall uh SkyTrain station where you're waiting for the 99. Uh sometimes there's TVs set up out there with uh people with pamphlets showing videos of animals being tortured and uh I'll uh, I'll take a look as I'm walking past or waiting for the bus. Uh, <laughs> That's the, since I watched earthlings like five, six, eight years ago, can't remember now. Uh, that's, that's the most I've seen of slaughterhouse videos. I don't, I don't seek them out because, uh, they're unpleasant, they're unpleasant.
1: and they remind you of, of your complicity. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that I'm funding that with my, my bacon I ate today.
1: Watching suffering is, is, is kind of, uh, a negative experience. Um, and so I guess there's an argument that you're just increasing the amount of suffering in the world by encouraging people to seek out these videos, but, um, not a good or argument. that you're another argument along those lines is you, that you're desensitizing yourself to that suffering, um, uh, rather than putting it up on the horrifying pedestal it belongs on. But every now and then it's a good, is a, it's a good little reminder, especially if you've already kind of decided you want to eat less meat. Um, oh, but
0: yeah, it's a great motivational, uh, tool for eating less meat. Yeah. Watch, yeah, watch Slaughterhouse videos, watch Earthlings. Like, um, what's his name? I want to say Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. His, his voice, the terrible videos, it just all comes together in this, like... It makes you want to stop eating meat right then and there. See, I think the
1: wrong boys got to the
0: bottom of this. <laughs> yeah, and that's a hard one to get to the bottom of veganism, but we did it.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we do an episode every week. You can visit us at seriouslywrong.com, S-R-S-L-Y-W-R-O-N-G.com. We want to do uh, our little part to make the world a more moral and humane place. Doing comedy sketches about the suffering animals is just one tiny way to do that and it's and i hope we do an all right job at that um so uh yes yeah, see you next week and thanks for listening
0: thank you i'm wrong you're wrong she's wrong he's wrong i'm wrong you're wrong she's wrong he's wrong we're wrong we're wrong Seriously wrong. Seriously wrong.
1: Next time on Seriously Wrong, Sean and Aaron switch to veganism, but continue torturing animals. It would be wrong to eat them.
0: But it would also be wrong to put all of those calf farmers, uh, the factory farm owners, the people who work at the factory farms out of a job. Like those people rely on the slaughter of animals for their livelihood. And who are we to take that away from them?
1: Yeah, so we'll just put all the dead slaughtered animals in a big pile somewhere and not eat it because it's wrong. Next week.